Fantastic, fantastic. Awesome. Perfect, Jushna. Thank you. Thank you so much for coming back, everyone, as well, by the way. Welcome back to the Black Create Connect podcast. And for those that haven't tuned in previously before, this is a podcast where we interview some of the most accomplished, okay, bosses in the UK and also abroad um, from Black backgrounds. And today I've got Jushna Gaddy. Yeah. Yes, the founder of the Young Music Boss Awards and also Hot and Juicy Shrimp London as well. Shout out you. Oh, thank you. How are you feeling, by the way, with Young Music Boss coming very um, soon? Like, what's what's been happening? What's the plans for this? A lot. So Young Music Boss is an entity on its own and the awards is one of our signature events, so the mm. YMB Awards. Um, it's just a lot. It's a lot of moving parts. Mm. Um, and as well, like naturally being a small business, mm. although like it gives this perception that, you know, we're this massive organization with this mm. big operation, mm. like really it's just us with a tiny team. And it means that I act as the lawyer, I act as the marketer, I act as the PR, I act as, so it's Everything. a lot, it's a lot, but it's, it's really, um, it's it's really rewarding and exciting to be working on something and then and the end seeing the product or your vision come to life mm-hmm. um and also just seeing how we've grown and how it continues to grow mm. from you know like when we first started and now we're going into the third year of the actual awards so obviously the awards is coming up on april 20th which is a matter of weeks yeah, away now. Yeah, literally. Um, so it's getting intense, but we'll get there. <laughs> yeah. So just out of interest, when you first started Young Music Boss in general, mm-hmm. why did you first start it? What was the reason? Um, what were the reasons? <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know why I just thought that. But um, so I went to, to uni. I did a law degree. Then I went to law school. I did my postgrad. I did my LPC. And I kind of like, I had this, this um, focus on becoming a human rights lawyer. That was really just like my thing. Because uh, like, I feel like I'm such a humanitarian. Um, but then also, I've always had this interest and passion for music. But obviously, I didn't, like, I don't unfortunately have the talent to perform music. Yeah. <laughs> did you try that? I've had my life. <laughs> everyone that works, I feel like everyone that works around music tries to, to be the main. Yeah, I just really quickly accepted my shortcomings. Okay. Yeah, okay. and um, I just realized um, that I wanted to kind of figure out a way to merge my passion and like my academic training. Mm. So then I started off in a journey on a journey, and that's in at law school. I specialize in intellectual property and commercial and entertainment, mm. um, and. Uh, young music boss is basically like a culmination of that um but especially the sort of like struggles i had like navigating the opportunities being able to be in be in the relevant rooms build the relevant networks around me and i really struggled with that and i just felt that there was a lack of resources was that to get into music law itself yeah that to was get struggle. into yeah what what type of challenges did you have to come across to get into music law um well i think that in terms of because obviously there's so many um firms who like niche like boutique firms who specialize in that specifically and also being but I realized very quickly that private practice is not for me Mm. um and also of course there's there's legal teams and legal and business affairs teams at like big labels or every label Mm. and stuff so it's the the um the opportunities are there but I think it's like 
finding those opportunities or get, gaining access to those to those opportunities or to being able to just navigate the industry in general mm-hmm. um, and also in terms of like the network and being able to build that network around you and tap into that network I think mm. was the main challenge so sorry just to ask you a question I know you said that it, it was a network thing that was that, mm-hmm. that was quite challenging did you apply for jobs and connect with people yourself and have interviews and then I'm guessing that you got a lot of notes yeah yeah but I mean that's a natural part of it yeah yeah but I think that also seeing like the sort of like discrepancies in especially um people of a certain background socioeconomic or ethnic background actually being able to access these types of mm. opportunities or being ac- gaining access to the industry in general mm. which we're trying we're seeing that develop more and more now. now um but i think at the time that's one of the major challenges that i um that i faced and and, and in in the the journey of me trying to kind of like build the network around me and tap into that mm. i think that that's when i realized that there is actually um a gap in terms of like being like in, in, that there's that there's room for something to bridge that gap mm. um and that's what basically young music boss was so young music boss what, what how young music boss was born because young music boss was my very much started for selfish reasons but it was mm. my um way to enter the conversation to enter the conversations to enter yeah, the rooms to build you. the networks um, and also to be able to um you know create initiatives mm. to um pull people along with me mm-hmm. so yeah so similar i feel like your values i remember speaking to you now at a music event a little while ago mm. i can't remember where it was i think it was in london bridge and i remember when you explained this to me you probably don't remember this because it was probably, i don't yeah. but maybe that's why when i saw you in ghana i was like i yeah. know this girl's face it was it was around this time it was around international women's month okay. something for international women's month i remember and i was like what you what you're trying to do really aligns well with what i'm trying to do as well which is trying to get people into mm. general professional industries yeah. because yeah you are right there is like loads of barriers in place mm. for ethnic minorities yeah. blacks in general why do you think that is why do you think that there is a gap because i've done the research on the employer side and the company side and i've spoken to companies and said why do you have a lack of black employees why are there so many barriers why is there no black leadership in your company and they say oh we don't find any that have good talent really or we don't have whatever yeah no but that's that's what i have i've had probably well over 50 conversations and that's what they say all the time oh but we don't think they're skilled enough or we don't find the ones that are really skilled at least yeah they're they're lacking the skills and that's when i said i said i'm gonna create black creative connect because i know there's loads of skilled people so what what do you think was like some of the barriers as to why? I think it's also just like big corporations only now starting to be educated on the value of diversity mm. in your workforce. Mm. Um, but then I also think it's to do with like, and that's why I always talk about being passionate um, about like democratizing access to information because mm. I think that it's that as well, the access mm. to information. But that's what it even is, yeah. when um, and and that's also why. Um, like for example, the conferences that we do, the initiatives, mm. most of them for the most part are free mm. um, or they're very low priced because I think that it's it's um, an access issue when we look mm. at like major music conferences or mm. where, you know, we 
we don't have the bank of mum and dad. Mm-hmm. Do you get what I mean? We've come from different socioeconomic um, backgrounds. So even that creates a barrier to, to access as well. Mm-hmm. And being able to tap into those networks, being able to access those resources mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. access that information. Mm-hmm. So I think that that has a huge part to play as well. And then also the cultural cultural differences, differences as well. Yeah. Because even when you think about the, the idea of pursuing a career in music, it's not something that our parents entertain. No. You know, they don't see it as a proper job. Mm. But then again, that's another part of the work that we do is to um, educate people on all these different sectors mm. that exist within music because mm. the music industry needs lawyers. They need accountants. Exactly. They need, you know, so it's, um, yeah. I think all of those things play a part. So when you when you started off Young Music Boss Awards, again, you mentioned selfishly it was for you initially to build up your own network. Mm-hmm. I love that, by the way. I love the fact that you just said, it's not there, I'm going to just create yeah. my network. But then also me. it was also to put into practice sort of like what my academic training has been mm. because we do consult as well. And it's, mm. it's about like being able to um, empower creatives and understanding the, the, the basically how the game's played. Mm. Um, and also our slogan, preparing future music bosses mm. um, and making them understand what it looks like to, you know, create or carve out a career in in music. So what, I guess, I know you said you, you do conferences, you do events. Talk to me about the different um, business offerings you have within Young Music Boss. So how it benefits the community, how people can kind of get involved. Mm-hmm. Just talk about that a little bit. So we deliver like both online and physical like educational resources. So mm. we do um, do a lot of um, live events that, mm. you know, tailor that cater to that sort of um, goal. So we have like seminars, workshops and stuff like that. Um, but then also there is a consultancy arm as well. Mm. Um, so where, you know, we offer resources or we offer um, information um to help people who want to you know get well like like i said it's for young executives but also creators to empower them Mm. on the the knowledge of understanding the different aspects of their creativity that's being exploited understanding how to how to have certain conversations and stuff like that so if you're a music artist you can still join some of these seminars of course seminars seminars to understand okay what's happening when contracts are being signed or what's the difference between being with a record label versus being independent they can understand all of those areas that's so important because i feel like a lot of artists that i know is like um, personally they don't Mm -hmm. understand anything else but the creativity Mm -hmm. so i feel like that's like a massive impact what's some of the impact that you've seen over time like running music boss um i think mainly the access thing, I think that we've um, been able to contribute to a lot of people's careers or journeys mm. um, and their like pathway into the industry mm. um, and being able to act as like an entry point mm. um, to be able to, I don't know, help them develop certain skills or help mm. them um, develop certain, like I said, rules of the game and, mm. and help them to... C- to help connect the dots for them as well with mm. different organisations, mm. finding them placements and also just people that have worked in Young Music Boss, seeing how they've been able to use that to leverage where, you know, where mm. they are now in their careers, like, you know, being at some of them at major music companies and stuff like that. Um, and also from a um, an aspirational aspect as well, making people, helping young people realise that a career in music is viable. Mm. You know, it's something that you can actually actively pursue and seeing, seeing what kind of impact that, that 
our work in that respect has as well. Mm. When I look back in it, I just think to myself, like what you said, music was never even an option as a career path to go down. Like mm-hmm. because I just thought, yeah, I can't, I can't do music, so that's it, mm-hmm. that's that's done. But seeing the different career paths, when I, I went to one of your um, award shows a couple Did of years back, yeah, I went to the one. It was I think in Dawson. I can't. Earth. Earth. Yeah, that was last year. Oh my gosh, yeah, that was last year. Okay, cool. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was um, Earth last year. And I just thought, wow, I didn't even realise that these job roles existed. And I'm me, I'm big, big me, you know, and I didn't know that these jobs existed. Yeah. So it's it's a great thing what you're doing because you're opening up doors to people that want to be in the industry but don't necessarily know what they can do. Yeah. So in regards to the award side of things, mm-hmm. how do you go about deciding on who wins, who's nominated, if you can disclose that information. I love that you asked that that question. No, I love disclosing that information. I think it's very important to be transparent about that. But I love that because it's like, I get people come up to you, oh, make sure you get get nominated next year, you know, make sure I get nominated next year. And I was like, do you know what? I don't just go around like picking and choosing which one of my friends can like, because imagine building something like that. I think that is not um, credible when you you, um, build in that way because I want it to be um, and I want it to eventually be a prestigious accolade yeah, yeah. where a lot like of value mo- even bigger than moment yeah I want to be like the bricks of music business yeah. that's the whole goal um, so what we do is we um, send an invitation to uh, we, we send an invitation to nominate an invitation to recommend to the entire industry and that can be that can be shared by anyone they can pass it on as widely well, online as possible or, or just through um, yes yeah, through, through emails um so we basically loop in our entire like industry network and then Mm. we encourage them to spread it across as far as and as widely as possible as well and then we um basically gather all of that and Mm. we have this huge long list and then we go from that huge massive long list Mm. through um like you know an internal review because we we do actually have like a um a criteria so we have like yeah. a specific criteria. What's, what's for, the criteria for? I guess it so, depends on the different categories. So yeah, it does depend generally. on the different categories. But I guess the overarching criteria is that they are um, under thirty-five because it's the Young Music Boss Awards, and mm. the whole idea of it is that we want to incentivize people um, early mm. at the early stages of their career. It, we don't have to wait until they've contributed fifty years of their life to the industry okay. to celebrate them. Mm. Um, and also that there has to have been an element of, like I said, this varies like from category to category, but mm. an element of um, you know visibility mm. um, or commercial success mm. within the last year. So for now, we would say from 2022, um, start of 2022 through to 2023. What's visibility to you? So visibility, it could be like, for example, for a manager, a music manager, maybe it could be where there's been some element of commercial, maybe chart success. Mm-hmm um impactful campaign um but some kind of visibility of their act um and being able to measure some level of success right okay um so then yeah so then we have this big long list we apply the criteria and then we we create we form we uh, bring it to a slightly shorter long list or mm. more um logical mm. kind of like um long list and then we have a committee so we have a voting committee of um, like industry professionals across various different sectors mm. of about 15 to 20 people. That's a lot. And, and you put that together. Go, yeah. And then we go through a uh, we go through a voting system and That's bring so it down good. to a shortlist. Once we have our shortlist, that goes to the public. Right. And then the, pu- yeah, the, public, then the vote. public vote. Right. OK. Yeah. That's such a organised procedure. Did you get coached on how to do this or did you just figure this out along the way? 
I'd, I'd just, I'd studied how it works. That's very good. I've yeah. noticed that as a, not as a trend of you, but when I was reading up about Hot and Juicy Shrimp, I saw that that was another thing that you did with that you kind of studied. You didn't know what it, how to get into it. We'll talk about it a bit later, yeah. but you kind of just studied how restaurants and everything work. So that's, it's a good thing that you look at that because I guess a lot of the time people might go into something like this and they may not necessarily study it. They might just learn along the way and waste loads of time. So that's good that you've done that. Because I want to be credible, you know, yeah. because I don't want to be like... Um, you know, funded by major labels and then it's every not, single yeah. year, you, no, but then every single year you see that that's reflected in the people that are yeah. nominated and you know that it's an inside job. Yeah. Do you get what I mean? Yeah. I want it to be as transparent as, as, possible. as possible and we're still, we're still learning and we're still building on that. So the first time you did the award show, did you find, okay, you did find challenges, I'm guessing, but what type of challenges did you come across doing the first ever award show. So getting the people to be on the committee, yeah. so get people to even nominate themselves because they're like, what's this? Mm-hmm. We might heard of it. Mm-hmm. How, how did you establish it? Yeah, so that, obviously being able to, and that just the awareness side of things, like raising the awareness. Mm. Obviously now it's kind of starting to ring bells across the industry mm. and um, we're getting there, but also resources, of course, because mm. we're not, we're not, and, and, and trying to find a way to commercialize it. Mm. Um, because, you know, for award, award shows, for the most part, is just years of debt. You don't really make years money. Of debt, really? You don't really make, like, for the first few years, it's just pure debt. So being able to bring in the right, um, build the right partnerships, get the right, build the right relationships, and bring in money to actually make it happen. I think that's a major challenge. Do you sell tables? Is that how you make some of... Because I don't know the business of awards. Award yeah. Show. So, I mean, there's different ways to do it. But as I say, that most most um, most award shows are work, basically work off the back of, like, major, like, corporate sponsorships because mm. there are big organisations who specifically have budgets for mm. these types of things because mm. especially when it's culturally relevant. Mm. Mm. Um, but it's being able to actually t- um, tap into that mm. and um, bringing that in. Um, so obviously, and like I said, it's it's also a, a huge exercise to try and like commercialize the event. So um, that's still something that we're very early on. That this is our third year. This is also oh, yesterday. So not yesterday. Last year was only your second year. Yeah, and that was really established for your second time. Uh, thank you. Last year was after we took a because our first one was in two thousand seventeen. Took a massive hiatus. Was meant to come back in twenty twenty. Then the pandemic happened, and then we finally no. came back in twenty twenty two. And now it's hit stand. Yes, like you yes. you've done well with that growth oh, because I would have thought that coming from last year I would have thought okay she's done it a couple of times like this is. This is well organized. This is mm. good. It's you know, people. There were people that were credible that were there mm. that attended. Mm. You know, so that says something that so much about your your show. So well done for that, by oh, the way. Thank you. You must have a sick so, team. So well, there's three of us. Okay. So um and yeah, I think that they're very very um strong. I think that last year, um so last year was also a different team. Mm-hmm. Um, this year um, but I've always been able we've been lucky enough to, to be able to have a people who are really strong and really passionate and really like us too mm-hmm. and I don't work with people who are built any differently because it's like, it's like if I'm hustling if I'm grinding 24-7 then mm-hmm. I just don't I don't want people who are going to give the bare minimum how um, do you suss that out and how do you sift that out because I've had that experience mm-hmm. going to dedicate their time and be committed to what you're doing well, sometimes you pick up certain red flags during the interview phase, but 
generally speaking, you just don't know until it starts, isn't it? Because everyone everyone talks a good game on on their CV. Everyone talks a good game mm. on the CV days, but this is a very small organization. It's not a big, like massive corporation mm. where we can afford to, to to carry dead weight. Do you get what I mean? Mm. So um, a lot of it is just like once you once things start moving along and you start noticing certain things. But I've been mm. very lucky. I haven't had many of those. Yeah, that's yeah. good. Then it means that you're good at the interview stage, like sucking people out. <laughs> like that's that that's really good. So that's a really busy job, by the way, for you to be doing young music boss awards, the events, managing people. You said you're the lawyer. You said you're probably the people manager. All of these things. Are you good at organization? What are some of the key things that you do day to day to make sure you keep on top of all of these different things? Um, I don't think I'm naturally good. Like I'm naturally uber organized mm. but i think it's something that i've just had to do i, I had to become organized and mm. to manage all the different facets of mm. like my life and what i do because i also still have a very demanding full-time corporate job then as well yeah so then i have young music boss and i have got a decent show london so it's be having to like manage as well as a full-time job yeah yeah Oh my god, why do you look so scared? No, because I thought I was the only psycho that 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 did stuff like that. Yeah. Right? Because people look at me crazy all the time. I think, yeah. yeah, it's a lot. But you're you're doing the hot and juicy show and young music boss and a full-time job as well. Yeah. But the the good the, the thing about hot and juicy is that I do have a um a business partner who's mm. very astute and we've also managed to kind of like build a team, but it's still very busy because we're very much in growth growth phase. Like, mm. you know, we now have like locations actually yeah we've got two takeaways and two diners running at the same time That's and amazing. we have our retail business as well so it's the, the, the that. source yeah. that you can that you can buy do you know how incredible and accomplished that is no, you're, like, that's like it's so that's that's so inspirational especially because we've um what i read actually with on on the article that you did on Forbes is that there was a time i can't remember when it was but there was a point where you not that it fell, but there was a lot of bad reviews coming from customers. Mm-hmm. And then you actually asked those bad review customers to come and do focus groups. Mm-hmm. What made you want to do that? Because that, that that is really facing your fears. Yeah, like, no, it was a big flop. Like basically, so we started out in our home kitchens. Um, so Samantha, um, she, um, who's my business partner, CEO of Hot and Juicy, she started the um she started in her home kitchen. Yeah, mm. and then I started my in my home kitchen. So you just actually started cooking. Today, so yeah, so we were just in our home kitchen. Like mm. I said, this wasn't meant to be a thing, right? It was just like for me anyway. It was just like okay, this is a way to you know bring in extra cash and it will it will help fund my other initiatives. Mm. But then it just grew, like it just kind of like went viral, and then it just got to a, a point where we couldn't safely continue to like operate from our home kitchen. So we were like, mm. let's do it properly. Let's get the right licenses. Let's move into a commercial kitchen and move mm. properly. So, week one in our commercial kitchen was an absolute disaster, and about ninety nine percent of our um, orders were customers turned into customers. Wow! Wow! Because what we didn't naively, of course, we none of us know anything about. Neither of us knew, knew much about food or the food business. Mm. Um, and you know, going in, going from cooking into your um in your personal kitchen serving mm. out 60 to 80 orders 
um, a day is a completely different ballgame from serving out 100 to 300 orders a day and um, anticipating now using industrial equipment in a commercial kitchen. You have to adapt your recipes. You have to adapt your cooking plans. You have to adapt your methods, you know, and we did not anticipate that at all. It was just a complete disaster. And we just had to, you know, we had a breakdown the day after and then we just had a breakthrough and we just realized we but like just a cry breakdown or just yeah like, um... we were literally like this is done we're done it's over and then i was like do you know what no we can we, we can turn it around and i think that the best way for just in terms of like people in, in brands or businesses the best way to do that is to just like face it mm. face it and take it on board and mm. um you know we sought out to do this um, focus group, invite back all of those people who had their um, um, their um, negative sort of like reviews. comments or their negative reviews, and just sit down and have a, an in focus, um, you know, conversation and feedback session, Ooh. and also a taster session to tell yeah. to let them tell us exactly what went wrong and how we can improve from that. Because I think that that's the only way to like grow. And that, now we've managed to convert them because I think retention and, and being able to convert yeah. those customers and now some of them are our biggest investors, you know. So, yeah. What was it like for you? Just going back, what was it like for you going to that focus group, knowing you're going to customers that complain? Because I feel like mm-hmm. that's very rare for business to do, especially in like the restaurant. Yeah. So how, was you, how did you feel on the day when that was happening and... Um, do you know what? Actually, I felt enthusiastic about it because the yeah. people, because obviously we went we went through a process of even trying to find the ones that would be interested to come back and give up their time. Yeah. But then, you know, you realise that the, the ones who came and actually gave up their time were willing to go through, yeah. or, um, you know, to go through our questionnaires, give us the feedback, go through the text, they care. Mm. Do you get what I mean? Mm. So that wasn't, that, that aspect of it didn't faze me. Mm. Actually, it was actually quite encouraging to know that there, there are people who are willing to, 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 to sacrifice their time so we can do better. Oh, so, yeah. That's such a good way to look at it. Where did you get this attitude from? I feel like the life experiences could, could aid or add to this type of attitude. Mm. What do you think had, like, had an impact on how you are? Uh, there's so many different things. But um, I think that also just having good counsel as well. Mm. Um, you know, having good people around you give me the right advice. I'm um, one of my biggest, biggest like inspirations and um, counsels is my big sister. And she's also very, very like accomplished in business. Mm. And um, she just gives me the best advice. And I think that I don't make any decision without consulting her. And I think that that helps. But then just generally, I think that my, my, my upbringing, being able to be, having been exposed to different um, different environments, different, um, yeah, grown up in so many different environments around different people. Um, and being that, I think that that's, if we're talking about like my people skills, I think that that's where it comes from. Having to have, having had to adapt to so many different scenarios that I grew up in Holland and then I came here at like quite a, a pivotal um, age as well. Um, I've been to many different schools. I've lived in many different areas and environments. So I think that that contributes to it as well. So what would you say are some of the biggest contributing factors to you being so good at, um, I guess, networking with different people? So yeah, you've lived everywhere, you've met different people, but what is it that you do day to day to really connect with different type of people? Um, 
in terms of like, do you mean like in terms of like networking? Networking, general, yeah. yeah. Um, I think that I just the main thing. I think the number one thing is that I've just got I'm completely rid of my fear of rejection, right? Like oh. I just I I like I don't care. Like what's the worst that can happen? Um, someone saying I don't have time right now, or what's the what absolute worst that can happen? Right. So I think that that's one of the main things, and also being able to take those notes at, as just not right now. And all and 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 not burning a bridge because someone has given you that rejection, but being but actually nurturing that relationship more, um, because today's no maybe in four years time is 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 a is a is a yes because of the relationship that you've been able to build and mm. and how you've been able to kind of like prove your how serious you are about what maybe your initial request was mm. throughout you know the time and keeping that relationship, but. Yeah, I think the main thing is, is just being able to like not um, fear rejection, mm-hmm. and I don't take it personally either. Um, and I I spend a lot of time like um, understanding or like I have an actual obsession of knowing who's who and who does what, and figuring what out. Like, what's that mean? Knowing who's like, who and who like, does what. I love knowing who's who and who does what, and I think that that's a big part of young music course as well because it's like. I will see maybe I'll see something like a release or something like a song that's really I want to know who's the producer, who's the publisher. Oh, who's the so you go into the, the who's the oh, yeah, who's the, who, how are they discovered? How, how do you find yourself? You, you just go, you know, there's a tra- the internet is an endless trail of thing, and then I just and then I just think of I just you know maybe find people who I would who I'd find interesting to connect with and reach out to them. And then that's it. And then from there, you just build a relationship. Yeah. How do you make it authentic, though? Because I think some people find networking really cringe. Mm-hmm. And like, uh, apart from rejection, it's just that I hate, some people hate small talk. Some yeah. people don't know what to say. What would you say is the best approach to networking and build, and sustaining a relationship long term? Uh, I think the best uh, is... Um, um, I think that understanding what you want out mm-hmm. of the conversation, mm-hmm. but then also making sure that it can be mutually like beneficial. Mm-hmm. Do you get what I mean? Like mm-hmm. being able to know, like if you just know what your value is or what you're able to contribute to that mm-hmm. conversation, so that it's an exchange rather than like like a like a, a demand or like begging. Yeah. Do you get what I mean? Yeah. That's the thing. I feel like the conversation is so much different when you feel like you have something to offer. I feel like you actually attract. Mm. things more than what than, than what you think just from experience because I don't know if you ever had a time in your life before where you are today where you felt like you didn't have much to offer did you ever have that time or have you always felt like you always had something to offer yeah no probably, probably. But, but you just didn't you just kind of worked mm-hmm. on yourself you didn't really focus on those yeah but yeah. I even I, I even to an extent sometimes feel that way now not not to say that oh I feel like I don't bring any value but then sometimes it's like I I see that there's like a a person or an organization or a company that I want to connect with but I know that it's not the right time Mm. so I just take my time to Mm. I just take my time to continue observing and continue building that value Mm. so that I so that when the time is right for the approach Mm. that it's a, a use, useful exchange. I respect that. Yeah, I respect that quite a lot because I, I feel like even myself, I haven't. I, I I do think like that, but I haven't really sat down and thought. 
actually it is about observing, watching mm. before you kind of jump in there and take time. So thank you for sharing that. Well, um, I guess for 2023 specifically, is there any particular plans apart from the music film, music possibles? Anything else we can expect from Hot and Juicy? Should we have London, any more locations brewing? There's something else? very exciting for Hot and Juicy that you can expect that I can't reveal, but it will be okay. It will be, be visible in it will be known in like the next two weeks, something about like mid Okay, okay, perfect. Um with young musicals, it's just a kind of that like continued growth and also what you can expect is a lot of things that I'm doing in Tanzania coming into fruition. Oh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. I've seen that. You've got a foundation. Yeah. Or um with Tan Remember they with the name of Tess, yeah. Yeah. So that's... The Tanzanian entertainment space there's a lot of like things that I'm trying to do to help. Um the growth of the industry over there as well, yeah. And is that just because you're from there, or and you just want to support them? Like, what's what's fueled that? Well, because I, it is it is hugely because I'm from there because I feel like it's important for me to contribute to my country, and that's mm. how I know how to contribute. Mm. Um, but also because having like I've I've done a lot of different artist teams or that I consult, mm. and just seeing. The, the knowledge gap and just the lack of infrastructure and knowing that I can actively contribute to that mm. it just it for me it's just like kind of like a no-brainer and knowing how much talent mm. there is out there and that the time is now and all eyes are on Africa and I want us to do it I don't want yeah. it to be the West that yeah. comes in and, you know, and the colonization it. 2.0 yeah yeah exactly yeah. but do you go back there often to I'm trying to make it more more yeah. frequent now yeah the last year I was there twice in the year, which is wow for me. Um, because sometimes I could go like three years without going to Tanzania. But now that there's more of an incentive for me to constantly be there mm. and trying to build out there that um I am going more frequently and I'm due there again at the end of April. I love that. Do you know what I find that as we're getting older, um, even myself, I'm finding a need to connect more with my roots. I'm from Jamaica and I'm even, I was even saying to my dad, I was going to get a Jamaican passport. I need to make sure that I'm getting land in Jamaica, doing yeah. things because I think it's important for us to invest back into our mm-hmm. homes. Very... I think we've realised that um, eventually we, we might go there and stay there. So, you know, you know. But um, where can people find you? Where can they connect with you, young music boss, um, hot and juicy? Just let us know. Um, young Music Boss is at Young Music Boss. Um, YMB Awards is YMB at YMB Awards, and Hot and Juicy is at Hot the letter N <laughs> Juicy Shrimp LDN. Um, and my personal is Diamond Lane London. Why did you be so Diamond by the way? Uh, out of interest. Just... Do you know what? I just randomly wanted because I used to be Lady Human. <laughs> I used to be Lady Human. <laughs> you know? Lady Human? Yeah, yeah, Emma Sendai. Human, I did anger. Do you remember Pixo? I remember Pixo. Yeah, yeah, Lady Human. <laughs> it came from like after Pow. You know, Human or Pow. Like, yeah. But anyway, so, um, and then, um, yeah, I just started using this like name diamond, 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 because you know, like pressure make diamond type yeah. of thing. Like from that 
Okay, I can handle pressure, so diamond. And then and, and you just kept it. Yeah, and then I just I thought the lane London would be Yeah, it does. And it's just been like that for over ten years now. I I need to grow up, but no, that's that your if, if that's how you'll know, that's your brand, isn't it? Yeah. So that's how you know. But just is a really nice. Uh, yeah, name. no, I prefer to just I prefer actually to just be called just now. It actually makes me cringe a little bit when people call me diamond. They're like diamond, diamond. What's that? Do you know what? I feel you. Because I, I remember before my current Instagram name, my um, IG was Kit Cat Eat Me. And <laughs> I remember being out and people saying, Kit Cat Eat Me. And I'll be like, oh, that's so. I need to change that ASAP yeah. because I can't, I can't go to my adult years mm-hmm. with that. But diamond's not too bad. It's not like, it's not, it's not like mine. Yeah. So it's all good. But and then it's like my um, my business partner for and Juicy was like my best friend, that her nickname is Coco. Oh, I feel like I've seen or met her before. Yeah, I feel like maybe, maybe she and she's very visible on the page as well. So maybe I don't know if you follow her and juicy, maybe you've seen it, seen her on it. But like her nickname is Coco, so it's like wherever we let go, like Coco and Yeah, Those are perfect stripper names. I remember one time we were in Mexico and like somehow we like befriended like the DJs and the bouncers and stuff like that and they were really fond of us and they kept like bigging us up on the on the mic like shout out Coco <laughs> <laughs> So it's completely fine. Yeah. And to be honest with you, it doesn't matter. Like when I, whatever, like it doesn't matter. Yeah. Even when I, I remember when I went to the States and I lived there um, for a year, I tried to, my name was Brazil. Really? Everyone, that's what, that's how people, that's I what people that name, Yeah, yeah, yeah that, that was my name. I thought I'm going to change my identity for like a year and call me Brad for short. And it was sick. Mm. I was like, Brad, that was it. It was sick. Yeah, so I said today, if I go back, they're like, hey, Brad, I'm like, hey, guys, what's up? <laughs> so it's nice sometimes to have that alter ego. Do you yeah. know what I mean? That just, you know, it's sort of sound, sound, But um, But yeah, man, honestly, like, you're very inspirational and you're very Thank humble you. as well. No, but so are you. Like, you really oh. are. Like, to all the, all the, um, the work that you do with um, Black Great Connect, mm. like, it's just, it's very like you're contributing a lot, and it's, it's really important that you that continue to do that, and that's inspirational as well. So you know, like, and, and as you said, you do that alongside all the other things that you do as well. Yeah. And yeah, yeah, that's the thing. I thought I was only mad because it's it's mad having a full time job mm-hmm. plus doing your own things on the side as well, and making sure that they're running and you're not looking crazy. So yeah. it's. And you're still looking okay, like is it yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, no, this is not the case all the time because I knew I was where I'm being filmed. I was like, I was fully in my body, like just like a trap. Like, like you know, sometimes yeah, I just catch myself in the mirror. Like, this is why I'm single. <laughs> <laughs> this is why I'm actually biased. <laughs> On Monday, I had the guy that I've known for years, but eight people for like maybe two years. He was he was in the country for like one day. He's like, oh, are you around? I was like, uh, yeah. It's part right of, now. Kind of my, my tracksuit, no makeup, nothing. But he came, and um, I don't know what he was speaking. I don't know what he was speaking. Nobody can say something with their eyes, but. No, you probably thought you were pretty natural. I hope so, but yeah, man, honestly, it's, sometimes I'll be feeling mad, I'll be looking mad, but it's only the great school. Cool. Yeah, yeah, I, I get it. But honestly, you're doing amazing. I feel like 
the the whole concept of passing the baton, passing on information is so important, it's so imperative. I kind of wish something like that existed yeah. when I was growing up, so that so I feel like we'll be so much more advanced than everything. But it's all good. We're doing it. Got something from this, and I hope you feel inspired. And don't throw rejection, I feel like that's the tone. Mm. So, what if someone says no? It's not right now, or well, it's a redirection. Exactly. Not right now. Okay. All right, guys, thank you for listening. Take care. Bye.